Welcome to this edition of Rail Group On Air, the podcast series brought to you by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. This is William C. Vantuono. I am Editor-in-Chief of Railway Age. Our podcast is sponsored by Duos Technologies, uh, one of the leaders with artificial intelligence, machine vision, and uh, lots of other technologies that the railroads are leveraging these days. With us today, Chief Technology Officer Jeffrey Nachai, and uh, a gentleman I think most of us, uh, most of you would would recognize, uh, Ed Harris. He's on the board of directors, and he is a, a former executive vice president, operations chief operating officer at CSX. So um, welcome, gentlemen. It's, it's great to have you. Uh, thank you to Duos for your, uh, for your sponsorship. Railroad use of technologies like these, artificial intelligence, uh, specifically machine vision, that's it's been growing so fast. What is your vision as far as how Duos can help the rail industry uh, by utilizing uh, this very sophisticated imaging data through the portals that you uh, provide. I think the um, uh, impact on the industry itself, Bill, is uh, is beyond question. Um, to be able to actually photograph the undercarriage of the car, all the safety appliances, uh, the coupling devices, and prepare the receiving yard or prepare the railroad for and immediate repair. Number one, it's about safety for the industry, I feel. Uh, we catch them before they break. Uh, we try to ensure that there's no uh, derailment caused through a component failure. We also uh, prepare the receiving yards or the location with the uh, uh, actual photograph of where they need to go to fix the car or repair the component or replace the component. That, to me, not only speaks well for safety, but a lot of people don't think of uh, the way I was brought up back in the day, uh, the cycle. A bad order car could sit in a yard, sit in a rip track, sit in a repair facility, made ready to depart three or four days. We can identify that bad order in, initially. It got car goes to a ready track, car gets repaired. It may met, miss the next train, but certainly catch the train after that. I think that just shows the industry and shows the customers what this product can do uh, for their products, for their uh, transits, transports, and what the railroad can do to expedite movements through the yard and terminals. It's technology that I became familiar with while I was ahead of CSX Ops that I wanted to exploit. Uh, I mean, we took uh, Ron Vittori over this, uh, the same scanner that we use at Waycross. And uh, he was amazed at the clarity and the definition of the components that we have there. And we just recently, Jeff can speak to this, recently put together a catalog of all our current algorithms that are being used that are in place at any one of our uh, repair portals. You know, Ed mentioned our catalog of, of current algorithms, which is growing. Uh, it's growing by leaps and bounds. Uh, we have several algorithms that are used by class one railroads now. Um, and that's what we really like about this technology, because there is plenty of opportunity for growth. I've spent uh, 25 plus years in systems automation, building, uh, you know, systems for automation for the intermodal industry. 
And one of the things that we see in automation, machine vision, and art the application of artificial intelligence in general is we look for uh, conditions and situations where there's some consistency, repeatability, uh, and, and really ubiquity across uh, what it is that we're, we're looking for. And certainly, uh, rail car inspection is, is one of those conditions. It's one of those situations. Um, so the, uh, the, the opportunities that's in front of us to apply AI to these conditions to look for these uh, defects and anomalies on rail cars is uh, something that we're, uh, we're really excited about. And we want to add to that catalog as much as possible. And that's what we're uh, that's what we're doing. That's what we do here every day. So we've come a long way from uh, the term the car knocker, uh, the employee who would uh, go down the rail go down the rail cars in the yard and and hit it with a uh, hit the undercarriage and trucks and wheels and things with a uh, with a, a hammer and listen for a certain sound. You can tell there's a defect, and that that worked for a while, but. Uh, uh, the kinds of defects uh, we're, we're looking at now, we're looking for, which we need to identify, are subtle. Uh, they are not visible to the human eye. They, they are not audible to, to even a sensitive, experienced human ear. And uh, so, uh, as, as you said, you know, the, the chances of something happening that would result in a you know, derailment or other catastrophic failure, those are um, uh, greatly uh, diminished. And, of course, that all feeds in to uh, keeping the network safe and keeping the network fluid. That's absolutely, uh, safety and efficiency is, uh, you know, one of our, those are our goals here uh, for the AI algorithms, but you bring up a good point. And that is uh, obviously the railroads are extremely interested in preventing, you know, derailments or any, any other kind of condition that might happen on the rail. But you also have other interested parties. And uh, for example, rail owners, uh, rail car owners, I should say, they're 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 becoming increasingly interested in the lifetime of a specific part, and that's not as easy uh, to test without the aid and application of some uh, artificial intelligence and predictive analysis. So that's really what we're looking for too. We're we're looking at uh, keeping this equipment running uh, and not idle, and uh, you know keeping it moving. Right, especially when, as we know, a good 70% of the uh, car fleet uh, out there, and even a portion of uh, you know, locomotives, are they're not owned by the railroads. They're owned by, uh, well, not necessarily directly by the customers, but by the, the companies that own the fleets and lease them out. You know, the big, the GATXs and uh, the CITs, and in many cases, uh, the, the lease agreements will be full service, which means that if there's something, there's a problem, uh, they are responsible one way or the other, whether they repair the equipment in their own shops or whether, whether they reimburse the railroad shop for, for, the, for the repair and the maintenance, uh, you know, that's a cost. And yep. uh, if they can uh, keep their costs down, that, it looks good on their bottom line. Let's, let, let's put it that right. way. <laughs> looks good on everybody's bottom line. Any, any company that's out there today doesn't want to assume or share in that liability of a catastrophic equipment failure. And, uh, you know, what Jeff said, one of the things that we uh, decided upon a few years ago after I came to the board at Duos and started, we speak two different languages. Jeff's a technical guy, I'm the railroad guy. Um, but we've hired uh, a few railroad carmen as part of, our, uh, part of our team that actually helps us build the algorithms uh, to look at the components and what we're uh, what we're actually looking for and testing and things like that, and 
it dawned on me one day that, you know, we're missing a big market. Should we be marketing this to the railroads? Yes. But what about, as you said, as Jeff, Jeff referred to, the private car owners? I mean, there's 200,000 pieces of equipment out there that are owned by people other than the railroad. I would want to know what's going on with my lease fleet. I can tell you that right now. So uh, uh, we're starting to approach those companies uh, to offer the same services through this, uh, this wonderful portal, railway inspection portal that we market today. So, you know, we've got, we've got our eyes on the future by no means. And that doesn't say anything about the truck firms that we also scan the contact we've had with the airline industry. I mean, we're reaching out in many different fields. And, um, you know, that's exciting to me. A, a guy that's from a 200-year, 250-year-old railroad industry uh, to deal with this type of technology is just, it's, it's fantastic. Keeps me well, excited. Well, you know, if you think about the way the supply chain is so integrated these days, rail, truck, marine, and maybe even air uh, to, to a lesser extent, but to some extent. And if a, a failure uh, or lack of efficiency or whatever affects, you know, affects one link in the supply chain, everybody gets hit. So applying this, this type of technology across the board is bound to, uh, bound to benefit all the stakeholders. That's correct. And you know uh, what the railroads are doing now with their automatic track inspection equipment that they're running behind uh uh, a consist of locomotives all across the uh, all across the country. That's great technology as well too. I think an area that we're working on is the uh, wheel interface interface to that track, where we intend to take a 360 degree look at the tread and flange of every rail wheel that goes across our uh, our portal. So that that to me is exciting. Now that's that's really what we're trying to address and. You know, the catastrophic derailments are usually rail related or wheel or truck related. So yes. uh, we're, we're trying to we're jumping on that. We're working 24 seven to develop that technology. Our customers, uh, you know, one customer after the other uh, has expressed in our different uh, the various user groups that we've had um, the, the importance of the wheel and the wheel interface. Um, uh, you know, to, to be able to detect things ahead of time. And that's where a lot of the, a lot of the issues occur on the rail. So obviously it's very important to our customers. It's very important to the railroad industry in general. Um, and for us, once again, it presents a, a challenging and exciting opportunity. We're well on the road to releasing something that will, you know, get us and get the railroad industry, uh, get the inspectors closer to that, what we're calling wheel interface and being able to detect things there than ever before possible. You both have uh, used the word algorithm, okay? Yeah. Uh, I know an algorithm as a, as a mathematical formula and uh, it's right. used a lot, you know, it's you know, breaking out, you know, for the railroad <clears throat> industry, breaking algorithms and for, you know, signaling and train control and all that, it's algorithm. Can you maybe, uh, uh, Jeff, give us a, a layman's explanation uh, of, of an, what is an algorithm, and but how does it work in this particular application? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I do understand that, uh, the, the confusion. We, uh, the industry and our customers in general, we use terms interchangeably sometimes. Algorithm, model, uh, detection, those are some of the uh, uh, terms that we interchange. But
But uh, just a, a real short class, very high level class on it. The algorithm, you're absolutely right. It is comprised of math and logic and process. It's actually code that's written. Um, so that that is the, uh, the the lowest level of this uh, artificial intelligence or machine learning that we're talking about. Um, what we really like to refer to these instead of algorithms, we like to refer to them as models because at the end of the day, that's what they are. What happens is, uh, I'll give you the, the birth of a model. We have training sets that are comprised of several thousands of good images and several thousands of bad images. Those training sets are labeled by our, our team of internal labelers. And um, those training sets are fed to an algorithm that has been written um, that uh, uh, to, to look for a specific defect using those training sets. The algorithm trains itself over and over and over again to become better and better and better at identifying that, that particular defect. Um, what comes out of that process is really the model. So the model is actually the product of what it is that we're talking about. And then the model is what actually executes in production. It's actually what executes at one of our customers' uh, rail sites is, is the model. But the algorithm, everybody refers to it as an algorithm because it's actually the code that makes it all work. So this is what you call machine learning. The machine is, is. you know, uh, it's it might not be, uh, what's that Latin phrase, uh, uh, duix ex machina, God from the machine, but it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, the machine is teaching itself uh, and getting better with, with learning. Is that, yeah. is that an apt description? I mean, it does. Technically, there's two types of machine learning. There's assisted machine learning and unassisted machine learning. Uh, the type that we deal with mostly here at Duos Tech is assisted machine learning. Again, where we have a uh, team of labelers that are act actually teaching the algorithm exactly what to look for. And then we have a process called human in the loop, uh, which utilizes humans at later stages, like in production, uh, to correct mistakes that may be made. That's what our so, car inspectors are doing. That's exactly right. right. And, you know, Ed mentioned our, our mechanical car inspectors. It, it's something that has really propelled us to greater levels of value with what it is that we're producing. Because remember this, this team of labelers I was, I was talking about, and even our algorithm developers, which are really expert software developers and expert data scientists, they're not real car mechanics. I myself wouldn't be able to pick out you know, two or three different defects on a rail car. Uh, but one of the things I like to tell our customers is, uh, you know, our company, we don't, uh, we don't own rail cars. We don't run trains. We don't own a single inch of track, uh, yet we have rail car mechanics on staff. One of the reasons we have that is, is to teach our labelers and, and teach the data scientists exactly what to look for and the reason that it's important because it actually does it does change and does influence the resulting model and makes us that more much more accurate. Most modern locomotives have a lot of diagnostic equipment on board, remote health monitoring where you can monitor a lot of things. Uh, to try to equip every rail car in, in the in the North American fleet with on and if with onboard sensors that are even capable of detecting internal defects or something, that would seem to be a a very heavy lift in terms of not only technology, but, uh, but cost. So this is, seems to me, uh, you know, the duos technology with uh, machine learning and um, seems to be a highly cost-effective way. Would, would you agree with that? Uh, from the railroad's perspective, I, I certainly would agree with it. I mean, 
let us uh, assist with that capital expenditure they would they will see i mean you know how many cars these are the nation's railroads run a day and you know if we doubled or tripled the amount of uh, inspection portals across north america you've got a much safer network and that's to me that that sells it right there and then and uh you know we're doing our best to market this to uh, the bigger class ones in the U.S. Um, you know I was a buy-in uh, when I had CSX for the short period of time, to the point where you know as soon as I left CSX, they asked me to come to the board. We bought the FRA in here, just yeah. tell them what we were doing, show them, and we took them out to the field site. We brought them in here to explain to them our technology, uh, the process we used to develop our models. And uh, they're very quite impressed. They, they're very appreciative of what we were able to do and wholeheartedly uh, accept the notion that we're going to make the railroad industry safer when it's all said and done. So would you say for the regulator, for the FRA uh, in the United States and its equivalent in Canada, Transport Canada, would you say it's moving from uh, waivers or exceptions to making it part of the actual book of book of regs you know the actual rules where you don't need a waiver to implement this technology you know well, it's just I mean, there that, you do it yeah that would be the greatest uh greatest compliment to duo's technology that that could ever be uh and bill you got to set the politics aside you know as well as i do that uh, whoever's in office whoever's running the department is going to be very protective of the working man and look at i'm a working man i came up in the industry in 1968, you know, I was affiliated with the labor organizations. My father was local chairman. I know what they need to protect. But on the other hand, do you want that guy fixing a broken defect when it comes into the yard or crawling on his hands and knees with a flashlight at one in the morning trying to find it? I would rather have him in the rip track of the repair facility fixing what we know is broken. That's the message. That makes it a safety consideration. If the defect is severe enough, or a broken wheel we pick up, or a super thin flange that's about ready to hit the ground. You know, you instruct the crew to set the set the car out and send the crew out there to fix it. So to me, I just see nothing but pluses. And uh, so many people are out there running around trying to get a waiver so we don't have to do this or we don't have to do that. That to me is not what it's about at all. Uh, my train of thought is just making a, making a better industry and making a safer industry. For a while here, we were uh, talking about a solution that was targeted to turning finders into fixers. And I think that goes a long way towards uh, supporting what Ed just Absolutely. talked about. I think and, it has a lot to do with uh, quality of life. It seems to me that uh, the technologies we're talking about here are, they're, they're not, it's, the intent is not to take jobs away. It's about to improve the quality of life and the, the quality of the work that the people out there doing the work have. Certainly improve the quality of the repair for a car inspector or a car knocker. They have a lot of responsibility when it comes right down to it. And if they miss something, they're in front of the superintendent the next day. And uh, how could you not see this? How could you not, you know, how did you miss this broken wheel or, or thin flange or whatever the case may be? Well, we're taking that question of doubt away from them and letting them do the job that they were intended to do. And that's repair freight cars. You know, you can better deploy your human resources to, you know, that once the defect is identified, get out there and fix it and well, uh, much better use of use of those resources. Absolutely. All the education that I've gained on the technology side 
and all the teaching that I've um, turned around to the uh, to the scientists to say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you got to look at this, you got to look at that. You know, that was one of the reasons I said, you know, get Charlie King down here from the uh, from the FRA or uh, sure. Carl Alexi. I've talked to, I've spoken to about this. I asked him to send representatives here. He did. That's important for the uh, for the regulator to see firsthand what we're trying to accomplish. We'd be more than willing to take their thoughts, take their ideas, take mm -hmm. their suggestions to make it part of the industry, to make the industry safer. In fact, you know, that's what the FRA is about. You know, it's not out there being a policeman. Let's make it safer, not only for the railroads, but the public. And there is a department at the uh, at the FRA that's a research RT and D research test and development, and they're right. you know it's their job to evaluate uh, and and promote use of these uh, these technologies. Well, Jeffrey and Ed, it's certainly been a pleasure conversing with you and learning about uh, artificial intelligence and machine learning and the applications for Duos Technologies. Thank you for explaining what an algorithm is. Uh, I, I have a better understanding. Uh, Closing thoughts on what we discussed today. I certainly enjoyed the uh, opportunity to discuss this uh, company's advancement in the industry. Uh, I certainly think that this will make uh, this product's going to make the industry much more safer with better, more accurate inspection points and certainly help uh, help the customer in the long run to expedite the movement of their equipment in the car, let alone the private car owners. I think those were the points we really wanted to try to get across. On the technical side, I think what makes all the difference is the introduction of uh, some truly incredible, what I consider subject matter experts on our side. We talked about some of them today, uh, the rail car mechanics, and even folks, uh, you know, folks like Ed that bring a lot of experience, a lot of rail experience uh, to, to the table. Like I said before, we have lots of data scientists, we have developers and folks like that, but somebody who really knows the, the, the rail industry kind of infuses our technology with the power we need to succeed. And I agree with that. I, I think that uh, what we're witnessing here is, is really, you know, a big change to the industry. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that we're a, you know, we're a part of that. And uh, I think we're going to see really uh, some good things come uh, in 2023 and 2024. Uh, we certainly have a lot of things planned. Uh, so hopefully everybody will be looking out for that. And I, I certainly know we are. All right. Well, with that, uh, thank you again for joining us and um, have a safe day. Thanks, Bill. Thank you.